The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... unknown impulses that influence your life. You find yourself doing things you can't account for. Why? Is your destiny foretold? What has foreshadowed it? Or who? Do your ancestors determine its course? Frankly, I believed none of this until I ran across the strange story of Mary and Jack Carter. Tell me, you of the Huron tribe, where did you learn to speak English so fluently? My mother taught me. Well, I, I don't find that so strange. No. Who taught me is not strange. But when I was taught, you might find rather unusual. When? Well, probably 30 years ago. You look about 45 or 50. My mother taught me English 380 years ago. How old are you? I am a thousand years old. mystery drama, The Man of Two Centuries, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Len Carew. You're going to meet up with Jack Carter, an historian, and his wife Mary, a painter. Jack teaches at Cape Royal College and has taken a sabbatical to write a book he calls The Conquest of Canada. The Carters have a houseboat tied up off the St. Lawrence River. They also have a cottage nearby, which Mary uses as a studio. We find them finishing a meal on the houseboat, probably the last time their lives would be normal. Every time I come aboard the houseboat, shockwaves go through me, Jack. I realize what a mistake it was to let you be alone here while uh, I live in the cottage. I can't do any writing with you in the next room painting. I can't concentrate. You there, me here. I think it's one heck of a good arrangement. My book is coming along great. But how can you live like this? I mean, look around you. Books everywhere. How much research do you need, Jack? I thought Donna Connor was going to give you all that Huron Indian stuff. He is, he is. Look, I refuse to stumble over your books anymore. Either you get rid of most of them, or you put them all in one place. Mary, I need every one of them. I don't know why I'm apologizing to you. We got this houseboat specifically so I could do my work without being in your way. That's what I get for marrying a Frenchman. Who's French? So my great-grandparents were born in Paris. I was born in Montreal. Hello! Anybody aboard? Oh, somebody's hailing us. I'll go. You, down there in that rowboat. You looking for someone? I'm looking for Jack Carter. You're looking right at him. Toss up your lanyard. I'll haul you to the houseboat. Here goes. Catch. Got it. Say, that rowboat of yours weighs like a warship. What do you got in there? We carry a lot of equipment. Yeah. Here, I'll make you fast, right here. 
See those steps? Want a hand? No, no, no problem. Mr. Carter? Yes, and uh, here comes the wife. Who is this nice-looking young man who's just come aboard? Mrs. Carter? That's me. I'm Jones. P.C. Jones. I thought those boots looked a little official. They make us keep them shined. P.C. Jones? Are those uh, your initials? You'll uh, have to excuse the wife. She's an American. She doesn't know what P.C. means. Well, it means police constable, Mrs. Carter. I'm here for information. Is there a problem, constable? There may be. And if you don't mind, I'd like a word with you both. Of course. Let's uh, do it in the cabin. I'm just heating up more water for our second cup of coffee. One for you, Constable? No, thanks. Mary, make the Constable some tea. Matter of fact, I won't have anything. I'd like to get to why I'm here as soon as I can. Yes, why are you here? It's been reported to us that you're keeping an Indian on the premises. <laughs> what do you mean, keeping? Uh, let me just check my notes. Uh, uh, one report says that he's an unpaid helper. Another says he's an unpaid domestic. Indian slave. Now, wait a minute. Hold it. Hold everything. We're doing <laughs> no such thing. You mean there's no Indian on the premises? Sure there is. A bona fide Huron Indian. But he's not any of the things you said he was. He just showed up one day. Matter of fact, he's helping me write a book. What is this with the people in town? What have they got against Indians? I know what it is. Donna Connor goes around dressed like an Indian. Why shouldn't he? He is an Indian. Uh, would you say he's, uh... I mean, is this Indian civilized? Donna Connor is a pure-blooded Huron Indian. His ancestors go back 500 years, at least probably longer. When he's here, he's our guest, not a servant or a slave. You got that? I don't know where you people get these crazy notions. Mr. Jones, is there uh, anything else you want from us? Uh, yes, now this report says there are peculiar sounds coming from this houseboat at night. Are you telling me the people of Cape Royal have nothing better to do out here in this wilderness but to complain about sounds? It says strange music was heard in the vicinity of the Carter household. Uh, is that something the Indian does? It's not so strange. Donna Khan is very musical. He plays the flute, and we love it. P.C. Jones, don't you think these accusations are a little wild? Our friend does have some native rites he performs for me, and I make notes on them, record them, study them for the book I'm doing. Now, is there anything else? Mm. Yeah, I have another report that it sounds like a whole crowd of Indians doing some kind of dance, again at night. Midnight. Now, I'm sorry he isn't here right now, so you could see for yourself what a lovely man he is. Quiet, kind, and, and very attractive. He wouldn't hurt a fly. And then here's a complaint from an elderly lady who saw this Indian in a supermarket and fainted. It was probably the prices that made her faint. How is this Indian dressed? Or undressed? He dresses beautifully. He has these feathers, nothing underneath, a, a tunic of feathers, you know? And sometimes he paints his face. 
show me one woman who doesn't do that. He's a beautiful-looking person with a very fine physique. Mary, you don't have to overdo it. Constable, of course he's in good shape. He lives outdoors. How do you communicate with him? How do you mean? I mean, do you speak Indian? Uh, Mr. Jones, Donna Connor speaks perfect English and perfect French. And I don't speak either of them half as well. I think you'd better report to whoever you report to that the Indian who visits us is quite educated, is our guest, and once belonged to the great Huron tribe that owned all this territory. Well, that's not the point. If he's a vagrant and has no visible means of support, we want to know. Why? He's not asking for your support. Or the towns, or the Canadian governments, or the American governments. They could. We can't have Indians wandering about, frightening people, disturbing the peace, stealing... Now, hold on there. Hold on. If anyone's done any stealing, it's the French and the Americans. And not so long ago, either. The Hurons owned all this land on both sides of the St. Lawrence. And we cheated them out of it. Our friend has more right to be here than any of us. Well, if you take that attitude, Mr. Carter... There's only one thing I can do. I'm sorry you have to go so soon, Mr. Jones, and can't stay for that cup of tea. I'll be back with a warrant. Warrant for what? Your Indian friend will have to accompany me, and he will have to answer a few questions. I'm sorry, but that's my job. I think that's really mean of you. It's all right. I can cast off and get down to my boat. Goodbye. And I was going to offer to paint his portrait. you were to have missed him. Oh, that Cape Royal policeman? Yes, he came to report that there were people in town who didn't like the way you dressed. And uh, a whole lot of other complaints and that I shouldn't be having you as my guest whenever you came by the houseboat. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Changed from what? Right here along La Grande Riviere, what you call the St. Lawrence. When my people lived here and then the white man came from across the seas, we thought the way you dressed was very, very strange. When you add it up, and that's what my book is going to say, I think we French made life worse for you than you did for us. Well, we fought you for a long time, but whiskey and gunpowder won. Are you making progress with the book, Jack? Do you know the expression stalled? <laughs> Stopped. Halted in its tracks. I can't seem to get the right feeling. I want people who read it to almost believe they were here when Canada was opened up. I'm grateful for the help you're giving me. It's wonderful. Uh, a pleasure. You know, I thought when I first saw you paddling away in that birch bark canoe, all dressed up in feathers and leather, they must be shooting some movie around here. <laughs> I had no idea you were preserving the traditions of your tribe. And did you get that tape recorder we talked about? I did. And it's all set up to have you start reminiscing. Cartier, I have a better idea. What did you call me? I'm Jack Carter, not Cartier. Uh, a slip of the tongue. Donna Connor, you never cease to amaze me. A slip of the tongue, he says. I've been meaning to ask you since we met, how did you become so proficient in our language? In fact... Where did you learn to speak such fluent English? Mm -hmm. 
If I told you, I think you might find it hard to believe. Try me. You went to a Canadian college. No, I never did. You learned it from someone. At home? Your father, your mother taught you? Yeah, that's right. The crux is not who taught me, but when I was taught. I'm terrible at guessing games, Don O'Connor. It doesn't matter to me anyway when you learned English. After all, what are you, 40 years old, 45? So you were taught, say, uh, 30 years ago. By your calendar, I am centuries old. What does that cryptic remark mean? But it wasn't until 1499 that I started to learn English. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no one ever learned the language until 1499. <laughs> I kid you not, Cartier. My mother taught me how to speak your language about 400 years ago. And I am a thousand years old. I told you that this day would probably be the very last in the life of Jack Carter that one could call ordinary or average. Not because the Huron Indian, Donna Connor, is a fraud or a fake or false, but because, as we will discover shortly, he is speaking the truth. We're on a houseboat anchored in an inlet adjacent to the St. Lawrence River. It is night. We're on deck with historian Jack Carter and a full-blooded Huron Indian by the name of Donacona. There is also the threat of trouble from a police constable by the name of Jones. And can you accept that I'm a thousand years old? Well, I can try. The English was a gift from my mother. The French language I learned from Jacques Cartier. You. I was Jacques Cartier and you and I spoke French? I met you on your second voyage from France. And when was that? Oh, sometime in the 1500s. Oh, as long ago as that. The only settlement of any size in Canada was then called Hoshilaga. The Montreal of today. Hmm. Across the water there. Right there where your cottage is is where I lived with many Hurons. Can you believe that? I'm still trying. Do you know the explorer John Cabot? Only by name. Well, I knew him in person. Of course, I was quite young. When John Cabot came here, he met my mother. Oh, he did, did he? Hmm. And she was very, very beautiful. They fell in love, and over the strong objections of the tribal chiefs, they married. But nothing came of it. Nothing more than myself and Cabot teaching my mother English, which she taught me. Is there a record of Cabot going up to St. Lawrence? That would be useful for the book. Well, there's no record I know of, because Cabot thought he'd reached China, and that we Indians lived in India. Of course, in those days, nobody really knew where anything was. That's Mary. I'll get it. Be right back. Yes, darling? Uh, Jack, how about coming over to the cottage for a little drink? Well, I, I tell you, Mary, I'm still working. Sure, you promised me flapjacks. And you'll get them. Good night, dear. Say, don't work too late. Sleep well. Good night, Mary. Sorry, domestic bliss. Two beds separated by a body of water. Uh, I would prefer, in fact, I insist, you tell Mrs. Carter nothing about this conversation. 
If I told Mary you were 350 uh, years old... A thousand. She'd have me committed. You too. Now, about your mother, Donna Connor, you were saying? Well, Cabot went back to England. Then you arrived. I did? Jacques Cartier, sailing up the St. Lawrence in 1537. <laughs> ah, yes, Jacques. Jacques. I like the pronunciation. Uh, Jacques Cartier is the way it's pronounced. But Jack Carter is pronounced differently. Monsieur Cartier, I hadn't meant to speak about this, but our conversation went in that direction. You don't have to draw me any diagrams. You're saying I'm the reincarnation of the French explorer Cartier. No. You are him. I... I am him? I see. Uh, um, could you prove that to me? Do you really wish that? Think. But how could you prove it without putting me in time where he was? Uh, you've answered your own question. It's the dream of all historians. If only we ourselves could live the yesterdays, what an insight we'd have to the past. If we could actually turn back the clock. Well, the clock follows time. It doesn't make it a figure of speech. Uh, your primitive belief. Now, we believe time is an endless river. That you are carried with it and the shore passes. Those shores are the years you live. That's your Huron mythology. Our Huron truth. If it were possible for you to enter my canoe, turn it around and travel against the stream of time, you might find yourself back in those ages of the past you think are dead. The past is dead. Oh, it lives. All the pasts of all the civilizations continue. Oh, I would give anything to be able to believe that. Would you risk death to go back? I would. A truly scientific mind would. I can take you back to the days of Jacques Cartier, the explorer. But you cannot guarantee my return to this present? I have done it before, alone. I go back to my people often. Back and forth between the centuries? Yes. Whether I can take you with me, uh, well, I'm not sure. Oh, it's very tempting. Is there some kind of ritual? Oh, yes. Oh, if I could be right here, on the St. Lawrence, 350 years ago, to know the truth about your people, about myself, the way it was here, the way it looked. What a book I could write. Oh, it's very tempting. I would do it for you, Jacques. What would happen to me if it didn't work? Would I be <laughs> stuck somewhere in some other century? This river contains many bodies of those who could not swim between the centuries. So others have tried. I want it. Yes? Let's start. Do I have any choice of centuries? Well, not this time. Since you're asking me to be your guide, I shall put you in the century where you and I first met. Now, go ahead, Jacques. Step in. I'm holding the canoe steady. Shall I sit here? No, right where you are. Now climb into the prow. I, uh, I, uh, didn't know I was in for a boat ride. You knew you were in for a ritual. 
And this is what's going to be safe passage back a couple of hundred years? This little canoe? Yes. I'm unrolling a deer skin, which will cover the entire canoe. Well, here. Let me help. No, no. You stay where you are. I want you to close your eyes. Leave them closed. I'm, I'm now moving the deer skin over your head. Both now inside the canoe. I'm putting my paddle into the water. And slowly, I shall move with the cut. Jacques, are your eyes closed? Yes, they are. Now with your right hand, reach forward. You'll find my reed flute. Do you have it? Yes, I have it. Place it to your lips. And breathe into it. I can't play the flute, don't I? Breathe into the flute. It will play its own music. Now keep your eyes tightly shut. Is this a, a special reed flute made by the Indians? Mr. Cate, you never called us Indians. In the old days, those of you who came across the big waters called us Les Sauvages. You like savages better than Indians? They thought they had reached India when they called us that. Now stop talking and breathe into that flute. Spirit of tomorrow and yesterday, I am Chief Donacona. I bring with me venison dressed for a journey, my bow, my arrows with their heads of stone. I call upon thee, great spirit, to move this vessel of birth into that time when Jacques Cartier came to Canada. Donnacona, what's that noise? It sounds like a giant waterfall. There are no falls around here. It's, it's a whirlpool. We're being sucked under. We have a visitor heading towards our ship. I see him. Judging from his headdress, he's an important member of the tribe. I thought so too, Captain, but if he is, why is he paddling his canoe alone? If he is the chief, he can do as he likes. I remember my first voyage to the newfound land in 34. You weren't with me then. Those sauvages answered to their chiefs, not the other way around. How can we tell whether the Pont Rouge will tell us the truth? Do we say our king sent us for gold or do we not? Do we ask, is this the river we follow, the route to China? For no matter what their answer, yes or no, how can one be sure? We'll have to show them who is master, frighten them. When he comes aboard, give this chief an hour with me. Then you come on deck casually with your rifle and uh, take some pot shots at the gulls and bring down a few that may convince our friend we are not to be lied to. I uh, have the strangest sensation, Chief Donnacona, that you are not unknown to me. Monsieur Cartier, I have the same presentment. That I also have been in your company before today. But I tell myself, all white men look alike. Ah, 
There have been uh, many before me. All looking for the gold of Hoshilaga. Oh, there is gold in Hoshilaga? <laughs> they are misinformed. The Portuguese, the French, even the Irish monks come here convinced there is gold. But there is none. So, there is none. We are more interested in following the Grand Riviere to another land. We are looking for a waterway to China. I never heard of it. China? Who lives there? A fine civilization. They have silk spices. That is our destination. Monsieur Jacques you have lost your way. You have come to my Kanata. Kanata? Is that where we are? Those wigwams on shore. That is my Kanata. And I am chief. Chief? This is my boat, La Grande Hermine, and I am Cartier, the chief of this boat. I live in France, across the oceans, the big waters. <laughs> it is good. We meet chief to chief. I go now. I invite you to come to my canata, and we'll have a feast. When the sun is well down, you will see our bonfire. Come then. I will. I'll be there. What do you think, Jones? Chief Donnacona seems friendly enough. Uh, what did he say this place was called? Canada? Canada. Ah. Uh, what about the location of Hoshilaga? I had to pretend we weren't interested in gold. Did he believe you? He told me a tall tale about it being so cold, we'd all freeze to death. And China? Said he never heard of it. I believed him. He speaks uh, surprisingly well for a sauvage. Hmm. You, go on below. I'll see what I can find out tonight. He's coming back. Good night, Captain. Chief, what brings you back? I came to warn you. Warn me? This man, George, your first mate. How well do you know him? Uh, this is his first voyage with me? Make the trail with him slowly and carefully. It's winding and it could be treacherous. You are warning me against my own first mate? But you don't know him. We Hurons have deep feelings, a deep knowledge of the spirit. Strong senses which we teach our children. Without them, we couldn't survive against wild animals in the wilderness. And so we know when there is truth and trust and when there is not. Friend, be careful. There's a lot to be said for parallel time. That is, the coexistence of many centuries. But don't only take my word for it. The great American Mark Twain told an audience once that he himself was actually present in Versailles during its royal heyday a century earlier. Because Twain was a known humorist, people thought he was kidding. There are other reports, so this one is not the first, nor will it be the last. I'll return shortly with Act Three. I agree with you, this story is strange, but not incredible. 
Many of us have flashes of bygone days, and there may be quite a few who are actually transported to other centuries. But no one will admit to it. I know I wouldn't let on if the future or the past were my real century. Besides, how would I know? So there are those who travel time and those who remain behind, like Mary Carter. Puzzled, distressed, and worried. Hello up there. Anybody aboard? Is that you, Constable? Oh, I... I'm glad you're here. I'm getting quite expert in climbing up that ladder. Is Mr. Carter back? No, he isn't, Mr. Jones. And I'm getting frantic. I don't know what to do. It's it's six whole days. He's never been gone like that without letting me know where he is. I'd like to ascertain the exact time they left. Any ideas? I told you the, the night before, I spoke to Jack on the little phone between the cottage and the boat. And he said he'd be over in the morning for flapjacks. But he never showed up. So it could have been they took off any time that night. Well, I know you said Donna Connor lured Jack off somewheres, but... But why would he? We were very good to him. He ate with us. He worked with Jack on the book. Uh, do you have a picture of Mr. Carter I could have? I'm going to have headquarters send out in all points. Tomorrow it'll be a week. And although I think there's some simple answer to this... You do think that, don't you? And they just took a trip to see something upriver, don't you? Yeah, I do. I don't think there's been any foul play. Uh... You wouldn't happen to have a picture of that Indian also, would you? I, I think I do. I took some snapshots when he first showed up in the spring. They're inside Jack's desk. Oh, so the pictures will help. Not that I think your husband won't just turn up any time, because I think he will. Oh, Mr. Jones, I just had a sinking feeling. You're telling me everything you know, aren't you? I mean, they haven't discovered two bodies somewhere... And you want these photographs just to identify them. Chief, I'm sorry I was so long. I got to the Carter household all right, but after I'd rowed ashore and tied up, my bicycle had a flat tire. What have you got there? Snapshots of Jack Carter and that Indian he's been palling around with. You mean Carter hasn't shown up yet? Neither of them have. What are you bothering with pictures for? I thought I made it plain that if Carter was still missing, to bring the wife in for questioning. Well, I checked her out. There's no insurance on her husband's life, and they've got a very small savings account. Everything is sunk into this houseboat and the cottage. He's a history professor. They don't make any money. I rep Pete, I told you, if her husband didn't show to bring her in. All right. I'll go back and get her. But she couldn't have done it. Killed him, gotten rid of him. What motive, Chief? Chief Cartier, please remain with me and warm your hands at our campfire. Merci. To uh, enjoy your hospitality is not the only reason I am here. I come to ask if you would help us with some guides along La Grande Riviere. There are many tributaries and it would be easy to lose one's way. We would like, first, to go to Hochelaga. I thought so, Cartier. 
But you ask more than I can give in friendship. We will find it anyway. With help, it would have been sooner. If there is gold, we would share it. But to find it, we do not wish to get lost. Do you wish to be killed? If not frozen to death, killed by unfriendly tribes? Dona Kona, you refuse? For your sake, I must. You realize the inference is there is gold, but you don't wish to share it. You can think what you like. Thank you. And if you could have someone take me out to my ship? I warn you. You will not get to Hoshilaga. Dona Kona, I am tired. It is very late. I shall take you. In my own canoe. Myself. I don't think you uh, understand, Dona Kona. I am not my own master. I was sent here by my king, Francois Premier of France to open up a route to China and to bring back gold. Many explorers from many lands have brought back tales of the riches of Hoshalaga. All exaggerated. Believe me, you give the matter some deep thought tonight. I have given it deep thought already. Uh, well, there was someone in the water swimming towards us. Uh, Jacob. What are you doing in the water? I, I came to warn you, Captain. You did not see me. I dropped overboard. And they had drunk themselves to sleep. What's happened? There has been a mutiny. What? Those made Jones broke out the stars, gave everyone a rifle and a pistol. They're waiting for the morning tide to sail back to France. All right, all right. Now, uh, go back to the ship. Don't let anyone see you. I'll take care of this. Yes, sir. You will be shot, Cartier, as you board your ship. You know that. I doubt there's murder in any of them. Bring me alongside, and I think I can talk Jones out of this foolishness. What does he have to gain? Wait, wait. This is far enough. I'll climb up the anchor chain. Now, let us still be friends. Come by for me in the morning, and we'll talk some more. We must find a way together. I will be here. I pray to the Great Spirit that you will be also. Cartier, what did you think you would accomplish creeping up on me in the dark? I saw you come up from the canoe. I was ready for you. Jones, untie my hands. Will you take this rope off? I order you. You're not giving any more orders, Cartier. What do you think is going to happen to you? You return to France with your captain tied up on deck. Then what? Do you think they'll reward you for leading a mutiny and taking prisoner the king's captain? You promised us gold. And I heard what the native chief said to you. There is no gold. So we have decided tomorrow morning... We sail for France. All of you will be put in irons when you reach San Malo. Can't you understand that, Jones? What do you think I'll say? That I tied myself up because it amused me? Cassie, you will say nothing. Because as soon as it is light and we sail, you will be keel-hauled. And I shall have to tell our sovereign King Francois that unfortunately Jacques Cartier fell overboard one night... And we could not find your body. 
So naturally, I became the pilot, and we all came home. I fell overboard? And every single man will swear to it. Hey, Cartier, come back here. He's going to jump. Stop him. His hands are tied behind his back. No. Don't stop him, anybody. If he believes he can swim to land with his hands tied behind his back, who am I to stop him? gone for days. Where were you? Donna Connor, tell my darling wife. Uh, Mrs. Carter, your husband fell into the river and I fished him out and, um... I, I fell into the water? I don't remember that. But your clothes are very wet, Jack. It's been days. Mary, don't get so het up. Donna Connor and I went for a little canoe ride. There were some relics of the past he wanted to show me. I think, is that right? Funny. Uh, Donna Cono, what did we do? I don't think you can remember, Captain. Captain? Say, Mary, wasn't I going over to the cottage this morning for flapjacks? Can you make enough for the two of us? I, I mean, the three of us? Jack, are you kidding me? Or, or did you black out or something? You were not here last night or the night before. Not since Monday. Hello there. B.C. Jones wants to come aboard. Donna Connor, he's been threatening warrants and things to pick you up. Beat it. I'll wait for you in the canoe. I'll paddle around so he won't see. Oh, Jack, you're not planning another trip somewhere, are you? Well, well, well. Look who's here. Mr. Carter himself. What do you want, Jones? The chief told me to bring Mrs. Carter in for questioning. But since you're here, there's nothing to question her about. You see, Mrs. Carter, what did I tell you? I knew your husband was all right. And, by the way, if you see that Indian, you tell him to get lost. We don't want to see him around Cape Royal anymore. I'll tell him no such thing. But I'll tell you, Jones, to get lost and get off my boat. I've had enough of you, and if I see you around, you'll get more than a piece of my mind. Mary. I'm going to have to make another trip for my book, understand? I don't know how long I'll be gone, but if it turns out to be pretty long, just don't worry. I'll be fine. But you're leaving? You just got here. I have to, Mary. I don't have any choice. But when I get all this down on paper, you're going to be very proud. Now, where's that Donacona? Donacona! Where are you? But Jack, where are you going? Uh, can't you tell me where? Not to take Mary into my confidence, but how could I? Donna Connor, back we go. I want to teach that Jones a lesson. He won't expect to see me rise up out of the water. Is that flute under the seat? It should be where you left it. Got it. You fasten down the canoe cover, I'll play the flute, and we'll both pray each to our own gods to move through time and show up right next to my flagship.
Jacques, mon cher Cartier, congratulations for having planted our fleur de lis on the shores of... Uh, uh, what did you say it was called? Uh, Your Majesty, I, I never gave it a name. Oh, Jacques, the new land you found, no name. Uh, there are two lands, a, a very large piece which we sailed around. That was the first Newfoundland. Then the second, which contains, I believe, the river gateway to China, that, well, we could call it the same as the native chief does. He says it's his Kanata. Bien, bien, excellent. Canada is as good as any name. As you say. What's the matter with you, Jacques? Why are you depressed? You act as though you're not pleased to see your king. Oh, uh, of course I am. I didn't expect to, to be here so soon. Something went wrong in my transportation. Uh, there were matters on the ship uh, I wished to attend to. Ah, we heard all about the mutiny. You did? The way you climbed out of the water and single-handedly overcame the mutineers... That will go down in French history. I did. I did, oui, oui, I did. And then sailing up La Grande Riviere and making friends with the chief of Hochelaga, who gave you all these golden trinkets. See, we have them spread out on the table. You may take as many as you wish, Jacques. And we wish you to rest up now, and we shall organize another expedition to China, but going in the opposite direction. That may be quicker. Uh, Your Majesty, something tells me I should go back to uh, Canada and uh, try that way again. What tells you? We tell you the other direction. Um. <laughs> I know. A woman. Are we correct? As always, Your Highness. Frankly, when I was on the shore of La Grande Riviere, I lost my heart to a maiden there. A sauvage. Does she speak a language? Fluently. She also paints, landscapes, portraits. Well, we cannot condemn an explorer for wishing to explore <laughs> something new, even if she is not a French damsel. said, the ideal mystery is the one you'd enjoy, even if the end was missing. Certainly the man of two centuries could not be the whole story. Did Jacques Cartier re-enter our century, the century of the present? The maiden of his heart, Mary, was she there waiting? Or was he bound to the 16th century, condemned to forever discovering Canada? entertaining about your mystery theater is that there is no limit to where your imagination can take you. Life can live in space and in time. The impossible can appear possible. Lastly, before you dismiss this strange episode, ask yourself, are you sure you haven't been here before? Who were you the last time around? For you were here, no doubt about that. Our cast included Len Cariou, Diana Kirkwood, Lloyd Batista, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a pre 
preview of our next tale. Look, I'm in comm screen. Where have you been? I told you. The usual pep talk to the passengers. Now what's the problem? I don't want to use the squawk box for this message. Something wrong with the equipment? I guess you could call it that. Captain, get over here on the double with Doc Mayer. Why? Somebody hurt? He doesn't look hurt to me, Captain. He looks dead. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.